I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's eating her brain tissue. Nature's deadliest organisms. He had bled into his eyeballs. They hijack our bodies. Almost nothing can destroy it. Disable our immune systems. My parents would have to see their son die. And eat us from within. There's nothing we could do. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Jim and Ashley Ehrenstrom live in the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona. The weather is amazing. We have over 300 days of sunshine. We both came from the Midwest, so it's, it's quite a change. We don't have to worry about shuffling snow. It's generally just a, a pleasant environment. Jim works in IT, and Ashley is a school psychologist. We are very different. It's more of the opposites attract kind of thing, so he tends to be very logical and makes decisions that way, and I tend to be more um, emotional. She's absolutely beautiful. She's intelligent, uh, goofy like me. We just really balance each other out very well. The couple has a two-year-old daughter named Evelyn. Evelyn is very intelligent. She's very bubbly, super lively. She's always been just such a great kid. I absolutely love being a mom and being Evelyn's mom, especially. It's an early evening in spring, and the family is at home. We had finished eating dinner. Evelyn and I went into her playroom. She sat down, she picked up a bowl and a spoon, and she's taking the spoon and stirring her food around that she's pretending to make. And I look away for a moment, and then I hear her cry. My first thought was that she had smashed her finger. I was definitely not that worried about it. She's not bleeding. There's there's no cut or injury or mark that I see. So I picked her up and I said, it's okay, Evelyn, you're okay, it's fine. But 
Evelyn won't stop crying, so Ashley calls for Jim, who tries to calm Evelyn down. She's just not consolable. It wasn't like Evelyn. She was pointing to her hand and pointing to her, her shoulder armpit region, but we didn't see anything wrong. So we kind of thought, she's at that age now where when she gets hurt, no matter how minor it is, Band-Aids make it better. It's kind of that placebo effect. So we put one on her finger to see if there might be a change in her perceived pain level. But she's still upset. We couldn't see what was wrong. We just knew that something was bothering her. And it, it, it started to concern me a bit. A few minutes pass, and Evelyn seems to calm down. We're seated on the couch and, and watching the cartoon that she likes the most, and I noticed that she'd watch for maybe about 30 seconds or so, and then she started thrashing around. She looked very uncomfortable in her skin, you know, basically throwing herself back against me. And then I noticed that she had some beads of sweat forming around her forehead. I paused the TV and asked her, what's wrong, Evelyn, what can I do for you, what do you need? But she wasn't answering my questions anymore. That's when I, I really did start to get worried. Ashley made the call, we're gonna go to urgent care. There was no discussion, it was more of a, we're going, great, let's get everything together and leave. We packed her up into her car seat and she's continuing to cry and she's continuing to thrash. I also noticed she was having some labored breathing. Instead of her normal breathing, it was <sighs> kind of quick, fast, rapid, almost like she couldn't catch her breath. So now I'm really concerned. Ashley sits in the back seat with Evelyn as Jim drives. I was trying to go as fast as I can to get to the urgent care and Evelyn started throwing up. She's thrown up a few times in the past, but this time was different. When she was throwing up, it was these large bubbles. I've never seen anything like it. I had been trying really hard to kind of stay strong and keep it together, and when that happened, I was terrified. We did not know what was actually wrong to begin with, and now things have gotten so much worse. 30 minutes later, they reached the clinic. She's absolutely covered and drenched in sweat and in vomit. And they took Evelyn's vitals. Then they definitely noticed right away that her breathing was labored. And I think because of the vomiting, the doctor simply started at the very ground level. It was being treated like some type of stomach virus or stomach issue. But what they were telling me just did not match what my gut was telling me. I did not believe that it was a stomach issue. Still, the doctor gives Evelyn an anti-nausea shot. The doctor then leaves the room, and the family hopes the medication will take effect. Evelyn was lying there on the table, and her eyes are just clenched closed, just very visibly uncomfortable and in pain. I was very worried. 30 minutes later, the doctor returns to assess Evelyn's progress. We're trying to insist this is not something with her stomach. This is not normal. That shot has not done anything. Evelyn is continuing to vomit. 
something else is wrong. And the doctor didn't know what to do with her. That was frustrating that the doctor, the professional, doesn't know what's going on. And so I was completely terrified about what the next 15 minutes might hold for her. That was probably the hardest part for me, was just thinking about how much pain she was in and knowing that there's nothing we could do. You know, she's just hurting, and it's clear that she's in a lot of pain, and there was nothing I could do to make it stop. I was simply feeling that we need answers. If we can't find the answers here, we need to go where we can. Ashley and Jim leave the clinic and drive Evelyn to the nearest hospital. There, pediatric emergency physician, Dr. David Ruby, takes on the case. When Evelyn arrived at the hospital, she was in extreme pain. She was almost uncontrollable. At that point, she had gone from kind of the consistent crying she was doing to now like a screaming pain crying. I, you know, I, I've had, I couldn't handle seeing her in even more pain. Dr. Ruby gives Evelyn a physical examination. She's having muscle contractions and uncontrolled eye movements. Also, she had snake-like movements of the tongue up and down and vibrating. Based on this and the rapid onset of her symptoms, Dr. Ruby makes a startling diagnosis. She had a scorpion sting. That was quite alarming. Scorpion venom is coursing through Evelyn's bloodstream, spreading neurotoxins that attack the cells of her nervous system, shredding them apart and radiating pain from her finger all the way across her body. As the immune system produces an inflammatory response, it leads to her vomiting, difficulty breathing, and overwhelming pain. Everything that Evelyn was going through was scary. I definitely went into panic mode. What makes scorpion venom so potent is that it disrupts the body's nerve cells. This can lead to respiratory failure, paralysis, and cardiac arrest in just a few hours. Second to snakes, scorpions kill more humans than any other venomous animal in the U.S. Evelyn's condition was serious to critical. In young children of small size, such as Evelyn, scorpion stings can be deadly. The worst fear was, was losing her. We didn't know what kind of reactions little ones can have, and it's scary. She's shut down because she's in so much pain. She can't open her eyes because she's in so much pain. So that was, uh, that was really hard to think about. With Evelyn on the verge of death, doctors must give her antivenom. But when they try to put in the IV, there's another problem. Evelyn did not particularly enjoy the IV in her hand and was able to wrangle it loose. I was terrified, absolutely frightened. I had no idea what was about to happen. The nurses forcibly re-administered the IV to secure it down a little tighter and took the, the saline bag and gave it a little more pressure to increase the flow just to get the medicine administered. 
After maybe five minutes or so of doing that, she was able to calm down enough that she fell asleep. In the ICU, Evelyn lies motionless. Jim and I were just sitting there basically waiting for that time to go by. I felt like I was holding my breath, just waiting to see what was going to happen next. But after an hour, they notice an encouraging sign. She opened her eyes and, and looked at me. I hadn't seen her eyes for hours. So that moment of her looking at me was huge. I felt like, okay, she's going to be okay. She was playing peekaboo with the nurses. It's, it's almost like nothing had happened at all. There are more than 1,500 species of scorpions worldwide. The most dangerous scorpion in the U.S. is the bark scorpion. The species is most common in the southwest United States, primarily in the state of Arizona. Bark scorpions tend to prefer dark crevices. In the home, scorpions typically lurk in bathrooms, closets, and food storage areas. Kind of playing it back, I think that the scorpion was inside the bowl that she was stirring. A few hours later, doctors send Evelyn home. But in the aftermath, her parents, Jim and Ashley, make some important changes to the family routine. Life after Scorpion is definitely a lot more cautious. I check her playroom before she goes in every time. Today, Evelyn has made a complete recovery from her venomous infection. Evelyn is great, but we have instilled in her a, a healthy respect for anything that might look like an insect. I thank God for her every day that she's okay. She knows how much we love her, and we definitely show her that every day. In the U.S. each year, around 100 people die as a result of having been stung by a scorpion. Those living in areas where scorpions are prevalent should take particular care when doing yard work or camping. In the home, closets should be kept tidy and trash should be kept outside the home as this can attract insects that scorpions prey on. What I saw was horrific. This young man was going to die. Garrett Hallweg and his girlfriend Asia Hayden Meyer live in Newport Beach, California. Asia is an office manager and Garrett is a neuropsychiatrist. They love to travel. Garrett and I both, um, I think, share a passion for wanting to travel and see new sites. We always end up in Hawaii as our destination of choice. So that, that's a plus. We like action adventure. Hiking, jet skiing, climbing to waterfalls, and being outdoors. Garrett is a devout Christian, just like his parents, Jerry and Judy Hallwick. Our faith and our church holds us all together as a family. Garrett and I, we talk about a Bible verse we might have recently stumbled upon. We'll talk about the family. It's a great relationship, and I love it. But Asia's family history is very different. My immediate family was not religious at all, so I grew up knowing that I had the right to choose whatever spiritual path I wanted to go down. We're on a different page with our relationship with God. That's the reason why we aren't married as of now, because we don't have that commonality, and it's something that's very important to him. 
It's November. The couple has just returned from a vacation in Hawaii. Asia is out of town visiting her father, and Garrett is at work. I was seeing patients all day in the clinic, and I started to feel a little bit of a headache, and it wasn't really going away, but I wasn't concerned. I took anti-inflammatories and tried to put it out of my head and not think about it anymore. A few hours later, Garrett returns home and goes to bed early. When I woke up on Saturday, I was feeling very feverish. At that point, I thought I had the flu. So I basically laid in bed and put a down comforter over me and tried to break the fever. Garrett remains in bed for the rest of the day. The next day, Asia calls Garrett. Garrett and I were on the phone and he was almost panting into the phone. And I, at that point, knew something was really strange. And I told him that he should go to the emergency room. But he, being a doctor, said, it's simply the flu and I'll get better. That night, Garrett goes to bed early again. But in the middle of the night, something wakes him. I was having difficulty catching my breath. I really couldn't get enough oxygen. I really began to be concerned. I knew that I needed help. I needed to get to the hospital, and I needed to get there fast. Garrett drives to the hospital. There, infectious disease specialist, Dr. William Thompson, takes over his case. When I first was consulted to see Garrett, I went up to the intensive care unit, and he was jaundiced. Jaundice is a yellowing of the skin and eyes. It can signal a problem with the liver. In this particular case, it was because his liver had failed. When the liver fails, it can no longer prevent toxins from entering the bloodstream. It can be detrimental because if he can't metabolize all of the pollutants in his body, then that can lead to death. I was very worried. We didn't have a diagnosis. That was very disconcerting. We doctors want to have a name for what's ailing a patient, and we didn't. To keep him alive, doctors put Garrett on a dialysis machine, which performs the work of his liver for him. Garrett texts both his parents and Asia. And a text let us know that the doctors were putting him in intensive care. I knew that he was in grave danger. Asia books herself on the next flight back to Southern California. Meanwhile, Garrett's parents rush to the hospital. I was devastated. I didn't know what he had. He was very weak and just a sorry sight. And there's another reason for Garrett's rapid decline. Garrett had multi-organ failure. We didn't really know if he was going to survive. My biggest fear was, am I going to watch my child go? I remember seeing my parents there and thinking that my parents would have to see their son 
die. And, uh, <clears throat> so, it was a difficult time. Garrett had to be put into a medically induced coma. It was frightening. It was very scary. That's the only son I have. I sure hope that I can uh, see him pull through with this. Several hours later, Asia arrives to a comatose Garrett. What I saw was horrific. He was connected to so many tubes and wires. There was a very big chance that I wasn't ever going to get to see him again awake. And the reality of that was, it was awful. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. After several days at his bedside, Asia notices something unusual. One of the tests that the nurse would have to do is open his eyes and shine a flashlight into his eyes. And we noticed the whites of his eyes becoming solid red. It looked as if he had bled into his eyeballs. They looked scary. He was bleeding from a lot of different places of his body and that was problematic. For Dr. Thompson, this is a significant finding. So he runs very specialized blood tests, and the results yield a stunning diagnosis. He had a bacterial infection. Garrett had leptospirosis. Never heard of that word before, and we were 
all deadly scared of what the outcome could be. Leptospirosis is caused by the bacteria Leptospira. Inside Garrett's body, the Leptospira bacteria attack his blood cells, preventing them from carrying oxygen around his body. Because of this, Garrett's organs stop functioning. As the bacteria collect across his body, they cause internal hemorrhaging, breathing difficulties, and organ failure. It was, it was frightening. It made me feel sick to my stomach. It was terrifying. Leptospirobacteria can turn deadly very quickly because they're able to evade the body's immune system. Leptospira do this by moving through the host's body in a corkscrew fashion, which prevents immune cells from getting a hold on the bacteria. Garrett's case of leptospirosis was as bad as you get. I think many of us had resigned that this young man was going to die. Dr. Thompson puts Garrett on targeted antibiotics and performs numerous blood transfusions. For six days, Garrett's body fights for his life. He was still in a dire situation, and the doctor said, we don't know if he's going to survive. This realization prompts Asia to take a big step. I'd always said that if I ever was baptized, it would be on my time, where I wanted it to happen, with the people I wanted around me, and never, ever did it feel so right. I chose to do it in the room with him so that he could be a part of it. It was bittersweet because here I was getting baptized and he was still in a drug-induced coma. Leptospirobacteria are destroying the blood of Garrett Hallwig, causing his organs to shut down. In an effort to save him, doctors have put him on antibiotics and into a medically-induced coma. His girlfriend, Asia, and his parents are keeping a bedside vigil. Then, after a week in the hospital, Asia witnesses Garrett making a dramatic turn. Garrett opened his eyes. Those first waking moments were just so incredible. And when he was coherent, I said, I just want you to know that while you were asleep, I was baptized, and he began to cry. And she proposed to me right there uh, in the hospital room. And of course, I said yes. It was, uh... yeah, it was a pretty awesome moment, because um, we just, we started over <clears throat> as a couple. The leptospirobacteria are carried by pigs, dogs, and rodents. But humans can also contract the bacteria when they come into contact with urine from infected animals, most often through broken skin or the mucous membranes. Leptospirobacteria thrive in tropical and subtropical regions, particularly in mud and fresh water. Garrett contracted the infection about two weeks prior to developing symptoms. In Hawaii, I went swimming in a waterfall, 
and I remember getting the water up into our nose and mouth and swallowing some of it. It was probably dirty water. We didn't think there was any harm or danger of swimming. There was probably 30 other people that were there swimming that day. Garrett spends two more weeks recovering in the hospital. And though the leptospira infection puts him at a higher risk for eye inflammation, headaches, and even dementia, none of this stops him. The following year, he and Asia get married. I get to spend the rest of my life with this incredible man. I'm very thankful for every moment that I get to spend with Asia, with my parents, with friends and love them with unconditional love. Because of Garrett's illness, I came to religion, and it's the strongest supporter of our marriage. So in that way, I'm thankful for Garrett's illness because it brought us to where we are now. In the U.S., leptospirosis is rare. Only 100 to 200 cases are identified each year, and half of those occur in Hawaii. The CDC recommends that those who live in or travel through endemic regions refrain from swimming in water where animal urine may be present. It was like something from a sci-fi movie. This was a clearly life-threatening situation. Sybil Meister is an independent businesswoman from the city of Murrieta, California. I run a Mexican food restaurant. I take pride in making good quality food. Food makes people happy. <laughs> Sybil's best friend is Kimberly Miller. We laugh all the time, no matter where we're at. She's always been there for me. Kim is a great person. She's my best friend. But the most important person in Sybil's life is her only child, 20-year-old Coral. Coral is a very caring and giving person. Always there to make him happy. <laughs> there she is. Always loves to laugh. Coral is leading her own life, but still lives close by to her mother. Coral on the day of her party. We're always in contact, but I had to let her grow up. It's November. Sybil and Coral are cleaning up after their Thanksgiving meal. Coral and I had a great time. We were just finishing up dishes, and then she just got up and went in the bathroom and was throwing up for a long time. I thought maybe she was getting the flu. When Coral came back, she didn't really say anything. I was concerned, but I just figured it would pass. Sybil takes Coral upstairs to get some rest and she eventually goes home. A few days later, Sybil receives a startling call from Coral. She said she had just done her workout and she was laying on the floor. She said she was unable to get up because her neck hurt and she could barely turn her head. And I told her that she needed to go to the doctor because that's not normal, but she said no. She would prefer to go to the health food store and see if she could find something there that would help. I mean, I thought she's an adult, so hopefully it'll pass and she'll get better. 
A few weeks later, Sybil gets an update. I was at home one day when Coral had texted me that we were on like day seven of an extremely bad headache. I said, that's it, I'm done with this. You're going to the ER. I'm driving down and I'm taking you. And she said, okay. At the hospital, doctors run numerous tests and probe Coral's medical history. The doctor started asking her questions and Coral explained that she had recently come off birth control. The doctor determined that was the reason for her symptoms. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, good, then, hey, that explains a lot of the symptoms you've been having for the last month or whatever. The doctor provides Coral with painkillers, and Sybil takes Coral home. A few days later, friends and family gather to celebrate Sybil's birthday. We had all decided to get together and have dinner, and Coral shows up, and she sits down, and I kind of notice her arm twitching. It wasn't subtle. Didn't know what to think. I was starting to really get worried. But then the twitching just kind of stopped, and it went away, and we didn't discuss it the rest of the night. It was very unusual. Two weeks later, Sybil receives another disturbing phone call from Coral. I was at home, and she told me something really surprising. She said she could hear things crawling in her head. She said it sounded like little bugs. I didn't even know what to think. I, I, I don't know, it just seems surreal. It could be anything. I was very worried and I said, these are serious symptoms. This is something you go straight to the ER for. Sybil takes Coral to the hospital. There, neurologist Dr. Navaz Karanjia runs an MRI on Coral's brain and makes a startling discovery. There was a significant amount of dead tissue. Look like white clouds, basically where it should be dark. You could definitely see there was something really wrong. This was a clearly life-threatening situation. We were in shock. We took Coral into surgery immediately to try to get a piece of the tissue so that we could understand what Coral had. A small piece of tissue was extracted and sent for testing. Doctors keep Coral in intensive care, and three days later, the results from her brain biopsy come in. Coral had an amoeba. Coral had Balamuthia mandrillaris. I wasn't sure what it was. It sounded like something from a sci-fi movie. Balamuthia mandrillaris is a parasitic amoeba that attacks the central nervous system. Inside Coral's body, the amoeba are feeding on her brain cells and multiplying. As the parasites spread, they cause her brain to swell, leading to Coral's vomiting, headaches, and twitching. A brain-eating amoeba? What? I mean, it was almost unreal. Just horrifying thoughts when you think of what it's doing to her. It's eating her brain tissue. Balamuthia mandrillaris is called a free-living amoeba 
because of its ability to survive in a variety of environments, inside or outside the body of a host. It can withstand lack of food and even extremes of temperature, from freezing to 158 Fahrenheit, or 70 degrees Celsius. Inside the body, Balamuthia parasites are deadly because the membranes that surround them are nearly impenetrable and practically resistant to all known drugs. The mortality rate is anywhere from 87 to 95%. So this is a highly lethal infection. I just thought, okay, well, she'll be that 5% to beat it, you know? We tried our best to be positive and hope for the best. Doctors put Coral on highly specialized antiparasitic medication, and they carry out an emergency procedure to relieve the swelling in her brain. We drilled a small hole in Coral's head and inserted the catheter. The catheter worked very well to relieve the pressure that was being exerted on Coral's brain. So after the procedure, she wasn't able to open her eyes, but she was able to squeeze hands and give thumbs up to indicate that she was there. She communicated, and she still had her sense of humor, even though she wasn't awake. I thought, okay, that was good news. This is how we're going to start getting better. But that night, Coral's condition nosedives. Coral's brain pressure started rising, putting life-threatening pressure on the critical structures of her brain. It was getting worse and worse. Unfortunately, the swelling kept getting worse and her brain was not functioning anymore. The fight was over. We had to take her off life support. I just wanted to touch her. <laughs> and make sure she knew that she wasn't alone. <laughs> I told her that I loved her and that I couldn't imagine my life without her because she was my life. Sorry. Balamuthia parasites feed off bacteria both in soil and in bodies of fresh water. Humans typically contract the amoeba when water, soil, or dust contaminated with Balamuthia is inhaled through the nose or mouth. From there, the amoebas penetrate the mucous membranes and make their way to the brain. Sybil believes Coral contracted the infection at a nearby desert lake. We were swimming and she got water up her nose. So it was very possible, you know, that that's where she got it from. Today, Sybil is coping with the tragic loss. We're starting a nonprofit to educate people about the amoebas and also raise money for the CDC's research on Balamuthia, because if I can save one parent from having to suffer this pain, then it'll be worth it. Infection with Balamuthia mandrillaris is extremely rare. Since the parasite was discovered in 1986, it has only been associated with about 200 cases worldwide, mostly in arid desert regions of the American Southwest and Latin America. To prevent infection, the National Institutes of Health advise that those who inhabit endemic regions and come into regular contact with soil should wear protective clothing. 
and anyone swimming in warm freshwater where parasitic amoebas are known to be present is advised to wear nose clips. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monsters inside me. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.